Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com. And now, here's this week's student ministry sermon. I want to put that I want to put that chorus back up on the screen real quick. Let's go back one one line. Or go, I don't know how to say that. Go back. Okay. I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. This is our prayer for tonight. Um, talking about being chosen by God. So if you don't hear anything tonight, hear this. God, the God of the universe, our Father in heaven, has chosen you to do kingdom work. I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. Let's pray real quick. Father, you are faithful. You are good. God, you are just. You are right. God, we don't deserve your love, but you continue to show your love to us. God, we haven't earned it, but you give it to us freely. God, be with us tonight as we learn and grow together. Uh, We pray that you would speak to us individually and as a whole, as a church, that we would uh, come out of here um, thinking differently about who you are and who we are in you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, I want to take us back to recess in elementary school. The good times of life, right? And for me, I remember distinctly one particular day uh, walking through Hoover Elementary School. We were the Tigers, and the walls of our hallway were lime green, and we had that lime green tint uh, of a, a floor. And so I remember getting super excited about recess, but it was kind of a mix of emotions because up to this point... I was not picked up towards the top of the list when it came to playing basketball. And so there's a couple guys that I admired, Josh and Sean, and I wanted to be a part of the basketball team that they were, you know, picking teams. And so, you know, it's the classic, you know, everybody line up and they draw two captains and they'll pick until it's the last ones, right? And so I was always like toward the end, right? I was always toward the last ones picked, and I was so mad and upset. I remember this one particular day, you know, going through the lime green hallway, going outdoors on the maroon doors, like busting those open, going onto the gravel asphalt that we called the basketball court, and the broken junk rims that we had for hoops, and the nets kind of like barely hanging on, and we're sitting there picking teams. And I was one of the last ones picked, and that day I came home and cried like a little baby to my mom. I was like, I am not good enough to be a part of their teams. That motivated me from an early age, like third or fourth grade, to be a part of their team. I was going to be chosen. Whether they, you know, I was going to be good enough to be chosen by them. And so I worked and worked and worked to be chosen. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there to the place of, like, you're getting picked to be a part of a team, 
and you weren't chosen or you were chosen last. See, the thing about it is I took that same determination of being chosen to equate that with my faith in God. And so from a very early age, it was the things that I did to earn God's favor. I wanted to be chosen by God, so I was going to work my hardest to make God love me more. And so often we look at our lives in the same way. You know, maybe it's um, the way that we've approached our faith. Um, Maybe it's, you know, I'm going to get baptized so that God will love me or that I could be chosen by God. Uh, I'm going to be good. I'm going to make sure that I obey my parents and really toe the line so that I'm chosen by God. I'm loved by God. You know, maybe it's I'm, I'm going to come to church every Sunday or I'm going to come to church every Wednesday so that I'm chosen and loved by God. And all of a sudden, we have this I worked for it mentality come in fruition to our faith. And the same things that we did to be chosen, maybe it's, maybe it's sports for you, maybe it's uh, a, you know, a, a group of people for you, whatever it may be, maybe you've been there where you've associated those types of things with your faith as well. And I, it's, I hate to admit it, but I did that. I've done that. Where I've looked at my faith based off of what I've done. Have I been good enough? Have I been pure enough? Have I been holy enough? Have I done the things that I need to do to earn God's love and favor to be chosen by him? That's a hard thing, right? It's a hard thing for us to, to think about that God chooses us, we don't choose him. And this idea of that we're chosen or set apart to do kingdom work is not a new thing, but it's a very old thing. This semester, we've been looking at the life of David, that we are most human when we're most like God. And we're looking through the lens of of David's life, all the things that he has done. The very beginning of David's life is one uh, of anointing by Samuel. And so I want to throw up a picture real quick of this anointing. Samuel, the prophet Samuel, goes to David, or goes to Bethlehem, and he anoints David. And so I want to get this picture in your mind. So you got the little David hanging out, getting some oil poured on him by, by Samuel. And you see all of his brothers around. And so I want us to read through, whoa, the word of the Lord. I want us to read through 1 Samuel. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem, that Jesse is, is David's dad. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears about it, he'll kill me. The Lord said, Take a heifer uh, with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to sacrifice, and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. Samuel did uh, what the Lord said. When he arrived to Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. They asked, do you come in peace? Samuel replied, yes, in peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. 
When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not, this is very important here, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Elida Abinab, I totally butchered that, and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, Nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, The Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, Are these all sons you have? Uh, there is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, Send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him, and he had, brought, uh, and he had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, Rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day of the, on the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. David, when you look at that picture, we throw that picture back on there. David didn't, you know, certainly all the other guys, you know, it says that the oldest son had uh, a physical appearance. Um, there's some commentators that said the other sons were, were more brilliant, were smarter, you know, all those things, had more characteristics that would be fit for a king, to be fit for uh, somebody to be anointed, to be the next king or the first king of Israel or the next king of Israel after Saul. And you look at all those guys, you know, picture that lineup at recess. You know, when you're chosen, you're picked. You know, you start to go through, maybe you've been the one that have, has done the choosing, and you start to pick those that you want on your team. You start to look at the characteristics that's going to help you win. And this certainly wasn't the case for David. David was a young boy. Uh, he was a shepherd. But God chose David. And so God, this theme that's the narrative throughout the scriptures, God chooses David. God chooses Jesus. And you think about the plan that God has put forth, right? And so as you guys are reading your, through your scriptures, and you start to see the life that Jesus lived, and you start to put this together, like the Jews were expecting a Messiah, expecting a king, a mighty king. And what does Jesus roll up on to Jerusalem? You know, we just, we just celebrated Easter. The week before Easter is Palm Sunday. Do you remember the animal that Jesus rode in on? A donkey. It wasn't anything miraculous. It wasn't anything splendid. Jesus rode in on a donkey. He wasn't a, a king as they thought he would be. He was born in a barn. He was a lowly carpenter. When you're thinking about, so the God of the universe, right? And he has this master plan about how he's going to redeem his people. I don't know if you and I would have, would have really picked David and the way that God picked David. I don't know if you and I would have chose God becoming flesh like Jesus became flesh and served, didn't come to, to be served, but to serve. I don't think we would have done that. Jesus goes on and selects some disciples, and they're just lowly fishermen, 12 people. 
one of which betrayed him. And they're associated with not being really good enough, right? In that time, rabbis would have picked the best of the best to be able to learn under them. And these guys didn't make the cut. So they went back to their trade of being fishermen or being a tax collector or anything of that matter. And so Jesus chooses them. Goes on, Jesus chooses a man that was killing Christians on the road to Damascus. And when Jesus chose Paul, his choice with Paul didn't go, didn't just stop with conversion, but also with commission. And so for all of us, God is choosing us to love him, but then send us on commission for him. God chooses us to do kingdom work. There's a great division on what we would expect from what actually happens in God's plan. God chooses us. I mentioned Paul. Paul writes this in Romans 8. Let's read it together. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many, brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. I'm going to go back to that first, the first part of that verse. God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. For, God, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. We were called to be image bearers. We were called to be like Jesus. By God. How incredible is that? The God of the universe, the God that has put this narrative all together, has called each and every one of you to be his image bearers wherever you go. You know, so often when we talk about kingdom work, I think we start to think about the things that I thought about as a young kid and still think about and struggle with today. And that is, I have to work to earn God's favor. Or we think about it this way, and maybe, maybe this has been you. We don't really like our calling. You know, we're looking at ourselves and we're looking at our friends and we're looking at the people around us and we're like, man, why, why didn't God call me to do what he or she has done? And we're just uncomfortable with what God has called us to. And so we, we don't understand really what that means, you know, for us to be called by God. What does that mean for you to be called by God? The only way I think about it, because I think about sports all the time, holy cow, the word of the Lord. Maybe I shouldn't talk about sports. Um, I think about it this way. When I was in high school, my, my, the varsity basketball coach came to me and he said, hey, Adam, uh, I want you, I need you to be the captain of our team. I need you to lead our team. Uh, as a going-to-be senior, 
Uh, I need you to, to carry the weight of what we're going to do uh, with summer off season, with weight room, with practice. I need you to lead that. I need you to, to rally the troops. I need you to get us all on the same page. Here are our values. Here's our vision. Here's our mission. Here's what we're called to. Can you do that? Yes, sir. Absolutely. I will do that. And here's the deal, guys. Coach McCauley, I would run through a wall for. I would do whatever he asked me to do. And I would do it again and again and again. For what? For what? For a game? For basketball? For recognition? For popularity? What was it for? I would do it over and over and over again. Who is it in your life that if they called you to do something, you would stand to attention and you would do it no matter what? Think about that. Think about the feeling that's in your heart and your mind when you're called to do something, when you're selected, when you're chosen. How awesome does that feel? When you're picked to be on the winning team, when you're chosen to do something that's maybe beyond what you think you can do, beyond your beliefs, beyond your beliefs in yourself or others, you, you will run through that wall every single time. How much more, how much more should we have that same attitude, that same passion, that same desire, that same intent for the God of the universe that's called each and every one of us to go and make his name known, to be his image bearers, to be his ambassadors. How much more? I struggle with a sermon like this because I think it's one that we've all heard. If you've spent any time in church, you're sitting right here right now it's kind of cool. I've, I've heard that before. Adam, you're not telling me anything new. The question I have for you is, why haven't you ran through that wall? Why are we still sitting here doubting ourselves? Doubting our calling? Why are we trying to work for God's favor? God's called us, each and every one of us. Go. Go and be his image bearers. God's called us to do kingdom work. Let's do it. Let's pray. Father, we praise you for the fact that we cannot earn your love. We can't earn your favor, God. We haven't chosen you, but you've chosen us. It's because of your faithfulness, because of your love that we're called to be and become like you. Not so that we get recognition, but so that you get all the glory and honor and praise. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray.
Amen. Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com.